listening to The Calling. As a reminder, if you have any questions, comments, concerns, or if you've missed out on any episode leading to today, feel free to send an email to the underscore calling at hotmail.com. We look forward to hearing from you, and we can send a link directly to you and answer whatever questions you may have. Last week, we discussed our final piece of armor, the sword. And over the last eight weeks, we've studied God's body armor and how each individual piece of armor is used collectively to empower us to stand firm against the evil of the day. As we conclude this topic, it is my hope that we are more comfortable equipping God's body armor, but more importantly, we have a greater confidence to stand firm against the evil of the day. As a member of God's army, it's paramount to our spiritual development to protect our hearts and minds, also to be prepared to defend our family and brothers and sisters in Christ. Lord willing, we'll conclude today equipped and prepared for this inevitable battle. I've not always been very open of sharing my emotions. I mean, heck, it's taken me decades to acknowledge that I even have multiple feelings. But if I'm being honest, the times that I've been scared or sad or excited, competent and just downright awesome, through all of these times and these specific events, these feelings have been deepened when I'm experiencing them with someone else. And what I mean by that is when I'm sad or scared or I'm down and out, I'm able to overcome, I'm able to find peace, I'm able to find clarity in that company of somebody else. And likewise, when I'm on the other side of it and I'm accomplishing great things, I'm doing good work, I find satisfaction and reassurance and validation through the fellowship of other people. What about you? Whether you're an emotional megaphone or the silent type, I'm sure we can agree that we are fully able to process the ups and downs in life when we are engaged with other people that we trust and love. After all, we're made for relationships in this fellowship, a topic often referenced on the calling. That's how we're specifically designed. Think about it. Think of that time you were down and out or that time you achieved something great. Who did you turn to? Who did you celebrate with? With that in mind, let us invite the Holy Spirit into our heart. Refocus our minds on God's word and turn with me to Ephesians chapter 6 as we conclude the discussion today on the body armor of God. Picking up in verse 10, it is written, Finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of the evil and heavenly realms. Therefore, put on the full armor of God, so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. And after you have done everything to stand, stand firm then. With the belt of truth buckled around your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place, with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all of this, take up the shield of faith, which you can extinguish all flames of arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. And pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all of the Lord's people. Amen. After putting on each individual piece of spiritual armor, we are called to pray in the Spirit on all occasions. To be alert and to always keep praying for all the Lord's people. Please note the word all implying everyone, not just the holy 
not just the church leaders, not just the Baptists, not just the Methodists, not just the Presbyterian, this denomination, that denomination, not the Democrats, not just the Republicans, or those who we agree with, but all people. If we continue to read, Paul would make this request to the audience to pray for him specifically as he sits in prison. Now think about that for a second. The author of this letter is sitting in prison. How often do we pray for those sitting in prison? How often do we give credibility to those sitting in prison? And since we're on the topic, I often wonder if Saul had lived his life today in 2021, would we have ever given him the opportunity to become Paul? Food for thought. I mean, interesting stuff. I'm getting ahead of myself. We have spent significant time discussing God's armor, and I hope by now you have an understanding on how to equip each piece and its function. Once we equip ourselves, we're called to pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. But what does pray or praying in the Spirit mean? We learn in 1 Corinthians in chapter 6 that our body is a temple of the Holy Spirit. And John chapter 14 verses 15 through 17 probably gives us the best idea of writing, If you love me, you will keep my commandments, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper, to be with you forever, even the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it neither sees him nor knows him. You know him, for he dwells within you and will be in you. From these references, we can conclude the Spirit is within us. And if you travel to Romans chapter 8, you will read about living life in the Spirit. And I encourage you to do so sometime this week or in the near future. You'll even see a a shout out to the helmet of salvation. But let's keep our focus on what Paul's writing to us in Ephesians chapter 6 here. And if you turn with me to Romans chapter 8, we're going to read verse 26. It writes, And the Holy Spirit helps us in our weakness. For example, we do not know what God wants us to pray for, but the Holy Spirit prays for us with the groanings that cannot be expressed in words. And the Father who knows our hearts knows that the Spirit is saying, for the Spirit pleads for us believers in harmony with God's own will. And we will know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to His purpose. Amen. We pray in the Spirit each time we ask to be equipped in the body armor of God. And as you'll learn in Romans chapter 8, the Holy Spirit resides in us. And as we spend time in God's Word and equipping the armor, we'll gain the experience necessary to allow the Spirit to flow through us. And this looks different among us. Some speak in tongues as described in Acts chapter 2, but I also want to point out that praying in the Spirit is not limited to those speaking in tongues. I've never spoken in tongues, but I can assure you there have been specific prayers that I have prayed that my mind no longer generated the words that my lips were speaking. The Spirit was interceding. Amen? Amen. Praying in the Spirit communicates dependence on God and comprehending that we don't know what we need. Now remember, Jesus gives us the prayer template in Matthew chapter 6, which specifically states that we are to pray for God's will be done, to be provided for, to be delivered from, to be forgiven, to be protected from the evil one, and to be thankful. I know that I shared several weeks ago when discussing the prayer that reciting the Lord's Prayer is all we needed to pray. And don't get me wrong, there's nothing wrong with praying this specific prayer. There have been plenty of times I've recited these words in a Spirit-led prayer. However, 
I did not accurately communicate that this is a model for prayer and not to be used in a ritualistic method for praying. And for that, I'm sorry, the Lord's still teaching me. So to clarify, Jesus gives us a prayer model. And after review, I think we can agree that our prayer needs are met through seeking God's will being done and to be provided for, to be delivered from, forgiveness, to be protected, and communicating thankfulness. I'm willing to bet your prayer requests fall under these categories as well. Only through practice, discipline, and training of utilizing our spiritual armor will you develop the ability to pray in the Spirit. Because you'll learn how to live life through the Spirit. Paul understands this, which is why after he writes to us about praying in the Spirit, he continues with stating, With this in mind, be alert. Be alert. Be prepared aware, vigilant, or attentive by praying for all God's people. In other words, since we are all members of the body of Christ, which means we are all soldiers in God's army, we are called to be alert for when we and our brothers and sisters in arms come under attack. God made us for relationships. He made us members of a group. We're not made to be alone. Why? Because bad things happen when we are alone. We're vulnerable when we're alone. We're easily more afraid, we're easily influenced, we're easily distracted when we're alone. Soldiers are less effective, which is why they are assigned to units. Even James Bond had a successful team with him to be an effective spy. Batman had Robin and Alfred to fight crime. And regardless if you're fighting crime or stopping evil plots, engaged in marriage or friendships, all aspects of our life... We're specifically designed to support each other. To put this into context of this design and for camaraderie, each of us, you, me, that guy, this lady, are all instructed to be alert while praying for all people. In Ecclesiastes chapter 4, it states, Two are better than one because they have a good reward for their toil. For if they fall, one will lift up his fellow. But woe to him! who is alone when he falls and has not another to lift him up. Again, if two lie together, they keep warm, but how can one keep warm alone? And though a man might prevail against one who is alone, two will withstand him. A threefold cord is not quickly broken. A dangerous message is communicated by society these days that downplays the needs for relationships. You can do it on your own. You don't need anybody. You're strong. You're independent. And the same group communicating this message is also the one crying for help, for increased mental health, for increased depression, for increased anxiety. Let that sink in for a second. Tell me if you see the parallels. You will encounter a variety of life experience that will support and shake your faith as you live life. You will live the days of blessings and you will walk through seasons of anguish. That is all par for the course of walking in faith with our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. This walk will require you to pray in the Spirit and equip each piece of armor daily, standing firm in truth and peace, righteousness, salvation, faith, and the Word of God. And in doing so, you're protecting yourself, but you're also defending the body of Christ. Amen? Amen. In my early years of dealing with emotional distress, I would turn to alcohol or marijuana. I would numb my mind and power through whatever situation I was going through. 
When my grandfather died, there was no substance that could take away the void created by his departure. It wasn't until I found fellowship to develop the ability to talk about him did I start to fully heal and move forward. When I find myself in situations where I'm afraid, I avoid it. When I was scared to death at the prospect of having a daughter, I was in denial. It wasn't until my wife gently reminded me that when she was born, she wasn't going to be born at 19 years old, and that I had time to teach her awareness of all the fears that came rushing through my head. My pride had been fed through my accomplishments because I believed that through my success, I had done it by myself. I believed the lie that how awesome I was. And it wasn't until God led me through fellowship to teach me the importance of humility, the value of teamwork. And through every accomplishment I have achieved, there have been a supporting cast to help me. And it wasn't what I had achieved, it is what we had achieved. And that's how subtle spiritual attacks can occur. How many of us are excited one minute and then get news that drastically change our mindset? How many of us allow the thoughts to nag and taunt us? How many of us turn to substance or withdrawal to get through this on our own, to power through? How many of us use the exciting positive thoughts to motivate others? How many of us embrace conversation and fellowship when these events occur? By now, I hope we understand that the common battle tactic here is to attack the less guarded areas. The devil won't attack the body of Christ head on. Instead, he'll seek out individual members with the ultimate goal of destroying the body of Christ. He will insert the lie that you can do this on your own. You don't need anyone. But that is not what the truth tells us, is it? That's not what the word tells us, is it? And as you've been listening, maybe you're finding it hard to relate to the struggle because you've lived a blessed life. You don't know poverty. You don't know this struggle or that struggle. And if that's the case, suit up. You're late for work. But if you're in a season of turmoil and no matter what you seem to be doing, you can't shake the negative thoughts, the bad luck, the loss, the fear. If you're scared, pray that you're scared. Confess to God your worries to Him because He cares for you. Seek the support through the body of Christ. 2020 through the first part of 2021 has brought us several different battles in our spiritual war. You can't even watch TV now, regardless if it's politically related or not, without having some underlying political message. We have racism disguised as social justice. We have COVID creating all kinds of chaos. We're asked ourselves, are, are people really racist? Republicans filled with hate. Do Democrats have a clue? What will my work look like? Are my parents safe? Are my kids safe? Will I ever be able to go back to church again? Do I want to go back to church again? Will my loved one recover from COVID? Will I? Will they? If you're battling these struggles, these demons, and these relentless attempts to attack you, it's time to armor up. And as you armor up, you need to understand you're not standing firm alone. I'm with you, along with millions of others arming up beside you. We're ready to say, not today, Satan. No more lies. Because we are strong and courageous. We will not fear, for we know our God goes with us. He will not leave us or forsake us. The Lord is faithful. He will strengthen you and guard you from the evil one. 
And we are confident in the Lord that you are doing and will continue to do these things. May the Lord lead your heart into a full understanding and expression of the love of God and be patient endurance that comes from Christ. 2 Thessalonians, verse 3 through 5. Are you ready? Are you prepared? Because as soon as you acknowledge Jesus Christ as your Savior, remember it's time to armor up because you're actively joining a battle that rages continuously. It's time to stand firm with us. Equip your armor with a shield in one hand and a sword in another, prepared and vigilant to stand firm. God is calling you to stand firm with us. Will you answer?